Welcome to Booking a Pint. We're back after, frankly, too long of hiatus. We're sorry about that, but we hope you'll stick with us going forward. On this episode, Michael and I are joined by fantasy author J.S. Willis to discuss his fantasy series, The Sphere Saga, as well as Star Wars and the fact that John Cena is a wrestler. Did you guys know that John Cena was a wrestler? Awards with me, Michael Evan, and me, James Jenkins. How you doing, man? I can't complain. How about it's you? Been, it's been a while. It's I'm, been a I'm, long time. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like recovering from my award show slap. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's taken a while. You know. No, I get, a, it. It, I get it. It get was it. a real. It was a real good one. Broke my nose. I've got <laughs> like I have weak cartilage, so. That's fair. I mean? Yeah. What 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 improves cartilage? What what can you? Uh, I, I have no idea. I'm just honestly, um, so we were supposed to, um, we were supposed to resume again. Seems to be a trend. We were supposed to resume again on, uh, was it Monday? Well, we're going to no. do Monday. And then, uh, I guess your daughter's be, taking, what, you say acrobatics or something. She's taking gymnastics. Yeah. Gymnastics, so, we switched our, yeah. so we switched our Mondays to Tuesdays and then Tuesday. And then I canceled. You canceled. And I was just, ecstatic that it was you canceling and not me. yeah <laughs> so i was i was totally cool um yeah no it's been uh, a fucked up month and a half for me um, it's only been that long i feel like it's been so much longer for no some it feels it does because it does feel like it's been longer but yeah it's only been a month and a half and <sighs> um it's uh yeah it was like it, it's the curse of saying things are going really well like I truly, I truly believe that I had, yeah, I had literally said I haven't been sick in four years, um, and you know God, I, it's, it's all your been, fault. The last two years are your fault. Oh, and then, um, and that's fucked up because because um, I used the Unbreakable reference, like the the reference from the, yeah. the Bruce Willis movie, and and you know, you did you hear about Bruce Willis? No, I don't. Bruce Willis. Well, he was just diagnosed with. Well, not just diagnosed. They they just came out that he's retiring from Bruce acting. Bruce Willis illness. Aphasia. 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 Yeah, huh. like he can't he can't speak or something like that, or he can't. It's got yeah. it's some type of language thing where you know cognitive and I just, function or something. Yeah. I just thought he was doing really bad movies because if you looked at the last you know couple <laughs> oh, of movies that he was in. Every line that he had was two words. Yeah, it can affect your speech as well as the way you write and understand both spoken and written language. Yeah, well, the directors apparently were so fucking concerned about this guy. And they were having, he was getting $2 million a movie for this. Yeah. Like direct to DVD, direct to, direct to Netflix or whatever they were, movies that he was in. And um, the director's like, you know what? I think we got to cut back on Bruce's dialogue. Like, this just came out today. Um huh. And it was because he was having, he would apparently go into states where he would like ask the directors, like, what am I doing here? What is this? And he wouldn't know where the fuck he was. Um, and it's just, it's fucked up because I was a huge fan. And yeah. um, I used oh. that reference. And of course, it's like the, it's like this, this curse of, of Bruce Willis here looming over this last month and a half of uh, my life. And it was fucked up though, because the last, I actually got sick. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons why I was like reluctant to start until I was feeling like better enough to start 
Sure. Um, we were interviewing uh, Reed, James Reed. Yeah. And uh, right around the, the, the end, right around the, the time we said goodbye to Reed and we were doing our outro, I started shaking. Like, mm. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. So, like, I don't feel too great. I, I Maybe I said it afterwards. But I was shaking. Yeah. My, teeth, my teeth started chattering, like, so fast that I couldn't even get words out. And I was trying to keep it together. And I, I after the podcast, I went upstairs to my wife and I said, baby, I think I'm, something's wrong with me. And I had a really high fever. Um, and I got some, t- I think I, I, it was probably some type of food poisoning or something like that, that just completely wrecked me for like a month. I mean, it happens, man. Like I was, I, I had the brunt of the sickness for like four or five days, but it took me, well, to be honest, like I'm still recovering, but I'm, I'm the best that I've been. Like I'm, I'm semi like normal human again. You know what I mean? Um, and then unfortunately, um, I lost, uh, we lost my father-in-law, um, in that period too. So yeah, it was just, um, it was a tough month and a half. It was not one that I would wish on, on, you know, anyone, but these are the type of things, um, going to get a little bit inspirational. I'll try to add a couple of fucks in this just to, (laughs) yeah, yeah, just swear a lot more to be fine. (laughs) Um, no, but, uh. It, these these situations are I, what I'm learning from these situations are um, they're the type of things that you can submit to full on and they will they can take you out for a year they can take you out for 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 five years um, yeah or or you can attempt to um, bring some normality back to um, back to your life every day a little bit more baby steps you know think about the things that you have and you know say thank you for the things that, you know, you're blessed with in life and, you know, try to move on, try to rise from the ashes. And that was what I had to do because, you know, let's be honest, I I didn't work for a month and a half and I have a family and I need to make an income and I need to, I need to support my family. And that was the mentality that I had going forward, trying to get out of this thing. Well, I'm glad you really get out of it, man. I, I really have missed recording. Yeah, no, I've, I've talking um, to not not recording. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. For me, the podcast is like an excuse for me to talk to my friends every week. You know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I um, and I was I felt bad that I wasn't like, oh, are we gonna are we gonna do it this week? But I knew that there would be a day where I was like, hey, let's get back to recording. And actually, it's good we have um we have J S Willis uh, as the guest today, and Jay is a lawyer. Oh, which is cool because you know there some. Uh, there's been some some slapping incidents going on, and I'd be interested to uh, to get a lawyer's perspective on some of this shit, as well as uh, you know, he also dabbles as a epic fantasy writer. See the author of a Dream of the Sphere. Just making sure I find the right J.S. Willis. Yeah, that's the one. All right, that's the one. I've actually I've actually read it. Um, I read the first one, and it was really good. Um, it's a really cool um, family dynamic fantasy book where you've got like. Um, you know, in essence, what starts off is like a perfect family. And then they um, there's a ritual that happens. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a ritual that affects the family very deeply. And um, you've got the father who is high up in the religious, I guess, the, the um, clergy that's responsible for making this happen. And then you've got the mother that is acting like a mother and they're they become incredibly at odds with each other. And then at the crux of it, there's the coming of age story with the daughter. Like a lot of it is in the daughter's perspective as she has to 
come to come of age and, and you know deal with her own like um, young person problems while dealing with this really messed up uh, family situation. Okay. So it's a cool it's a it's a cool book and it's an interesting series. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to ask him about um, you know slapping people at the Oscars and shit like that. What did you think? Did you did you watch that? No, honestly, man, I don't know. Like, I haven't probably watched an award ceremony in years. I think once I realized I was never going to win an award, I just stopped caring about awards. Right. Yeah, I only see that having a nine-year-old daughter who um, is nine going on, like, 17, 18, mm-hmm, sure. um, will uh, influence you into doing things that you haven't done in years. Yeah, like it was fair. my daughter that wanted to watch it so we were just like you know what we'll have like an oscar party and we'll have some like corn chips and whatever the yeah fuck. i didn't even realize it was happening until the next day and it was all anyone would talk about was you know the slap no it was really messed up it was honestly um because i'm i mean i've been a will smith fan for years um yeah and uh like i'm talking like when fresh prince of bel-air was actually on no i'll go back even further DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was like one of the first, their first album was like one of the first albums that I obsessed over um, to the point where I needed to find like all the, all the albums, all the B-sides, all the, all the shit that they did. Uh, And then Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and then Independence Day and, you know, all the movies that he was in, Men in Black. I loved all that shit. So, and, and I liked his, um, I liked his, his, his overall demeanor and, I thought he seemed like a good dude who had his shit together and um, he doesn't have his shit together, which makes me feel a lot better. It's, it's, it's <laughs> people, it makes people that, that, that sometimes think they don't have their shit together feel a little bit better because um, it was really messed up. Yeah, I, I didn't I, like I said, I've only seen like memes and snapshots and like, you know, uh, playbacks, and everything. I never heard what was said. I know uh, apparently some less than friendly things were said about his wife. But I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was so basically Chris Rock. Um, so Jada Pinkett Smith mm-hmm. has alopecia. Yeah. Um, and she's actually been very forward about it in, in interviews. And she put out like, I don't know if it was Vanity Fair, or some magazine where she put out an article saying I'm not my hair. Um, and she actually said, I don't give a shit what people think about my hair. Now, I don't believe I don't think she lost all her hair. I just think she you know, had patchy hair because she had this condition and yeah. decided that she was going to shave her head, you know, as a fashion statement. Um, and uh, basically Chris Rock as a comedian, you know, they were in the front row, uh, was just doing his roasting thing. And he said, and he told her he was looking forward to the next GI Jane movie. Okay. Yeah. And Will Smith was started laughing and then she kind of gave him a look. And then next thing you know, you see him storming like up to Chris Rock and, it honestly, it looked like he, like he just decked him in the face, but apparently it was a slap. And then he yeah, goes all the back shots to, I've seen his hands open, so it's not yeah. a punch. But. And then he goes back and, and he goes back to his seat, and they're bleeping it out. But he's saying, um, screaming at him, "Keep my oh, wife I, I, out!" Of, I he, did see that because yeah. the uh, I saw a clip. It was from because I guess in the American broadcast, I guess Canadian too, they cut the sounds. Right. But in the Japanese broadcast, they didn't. So I, I did hear that part. So it was keep keep my wife out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Keep my yeah. wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Something like that. So, um, and then his speech when he won the Oscar, which is is crazy, is is kind of all about uh, how he had to protect 
he wanted to be the protector of oh, all these women uh, and win it for the uh the oh god uh the williams biopic yes Big richard yes, which, which i didn't see um yeah no i i haven't seen almost any movies lately so yeah well i did see the batman Oh, good. I was going to ask. I, I saw that as well. It's about the only yeah. movie I've seen in theaters in the last few yeah, months. Yeah, I had my seven-year-old sitting next to me the whole time going, this is boring. This oh, is God. boring. When the, When is this movie going to end? It was five, I, The movie was was literally six minutes into the movie. And, and he, was he, was like, he was like, when is this going to end? This is the worst movie ever. Oh, wow. Like, literally. And and in all fairness, because, you know, I, I watch a lot of movies with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I under, If I was seven... Yeah, no, that movie's not for a seven-year-old. Yeah, no, it's not. And it wasn't like, I mean, I watch, it, it, there were other kids in the theater. There were lots of kids in the theater. Sure. Um, and I watch all the Marvel movies with my kids. And I we watch the Dark Knight movies. Um, I wouldn't watch a James Bond movie, um, mainly because of like the sexual content and stuff sure. like that. But sure. I bet the violence, whatever, There's there wasn't like a lot of bad language in the movie or anything like that. Um, but it was slow. For a Batman movie, um, yeah, it was it was ambiance. It was uh, I would call it um, uh, very very gritty and, and over very real as realistic as you're gonna get um, with, with a Batman. Batman movie. Yeah. It was really like an anyone can put on a suit and be Batman um, kind of thing, and it was shot in a, a re- in really dark kind of ominous tones, and it was moody and. People have said, you know, it's the emo Batman. I thought he did an okay job. I didn't think he did a bad job at all. His Batman voice was great. Um, Zoe, what's her name? Kravitz. Is it Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, Lenny Kravitz and and Lisa Bonet's daughter. Yeah. Um, She did a great job. I think that she was, she probably was the best on screen version of Catwoman. Um, Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah, I'll accept that. She was exactly. and their relationship, the the bat and cat dynamic relationship that yeah. they've done in the comics was done quite well. That's good. Um, the you know the Riddler was was kind of scary. They they there were elements of the Christopher Nolan movies um, in the realism of the of the villains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with Batman all the time too is like the villain is the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Riddler was not any Riddler that you've you've ever seen before. Um, I, I loved how they did the Riddler in this one. I, yeah, like, well, I see, was like, you're never afraid of the Riddler. I was afraid of this Riddler. Oh, did you see it? I thought you did. I've see seen it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, as I said, it's the only movie I've seen in theaters in a while. Oh, so I was like trying not to say too much. No, no. Oh, you can spoil it for me. I've seen it already. No, oh. I loved it. I honestly loved it. But I I like a good slow burn every once in yeah. a while. Like, no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I came out of the movie saying, yeah, this was really good. Yeah. Um, there was like an interesting take at the end of like with where the, the whole, you've got this, this really, really hopeless, almost dark, gritty Bruce Wayne character. And then his mm. mentality at the end of the movie kind of changes, um, which is, which was kind of cool because, um, well, I don't want to give too much away, but it, yeah. it's just, it's I, just, I do um, like that. They like, they skipped the origin story, but they kept us at the beginning of his career. Right. So like, yeah. I'm, Apparently, it might be a trilogy. Like the guy, the director, I, I forget his name now, but he said he wanted to do a standalone just in case he couldn't like get a second movie made. His but he has plans was, for a trilogy. Apparently, his name is Matt something. I gotta look this up now. I'm yeah, not. I'm you, up. you do this. You do this really quickly. I'm. Oh, uh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. 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 Yeah. Yeah, like Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves. No, but this is Reeves. 
That's different. So something I'm really excited about. I like that uh, Warner Brothers is doing this. Um, apparently, they are doing a Arkham Asylum series on HBO Max. Get, oh, like, nice. So the same Arkham from this movie is getting its own show. Did you watch uh, Peacemaker by chance? No, and I really, really want to. Okay. Um, I, 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 well, I yeah, watched I, that one. It is so good. So good. I loved it so much more than I liked the Suicide Squad movie. Right. Well, I mean, but, I, I'm, I thought John Cena was the best part of that movie anyway. So good. And, like, getting to actually understand his character and why he does what he does and then, like, tear him down so you can build him back up is almost a hero. So good. I got to watch it. You know, you want to hear something fucked up? I had no idea. This is how old fucking like old and out of touch I am with so mm-hmm. much shit. I didn't re- I didn't know John Cena was like a like a huge wrestler. <laughs> really? I had no idea. I, I I knew he was I knew he was an actor um, and I knew he was in Suicide Squad and I knew like he was like an old dude, pretty old dude that a lot of young people really, really dug. Yeah. Um, like I'm sorry this to say like and, and I feel like that's almost like saying I didn't know that The Rock was a wrestler. Yeah, I mean, it's similar. Yeah, like, it's not like, um, you know, like some little no-name dude that happened to be a wrestler. Like, this is the biggest wrestler. Like, this is a Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage, like, legend wrestler. And I had no idea that the guy was a wrestler. That's awesome. That's fucked up, right? Um, But, yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed him in Suicide Squad. Um, We even watched that movie uh, with the kids. The kids liked it. The fire uh, oh, the original. I don't know the movie where no, the movie where John Cena's in it and he plays like a fire chief and they have to look after. Oh, okay. Some kids. I thought you meant you watched Suicide Squad with your kids. I was like, no, no, know. no. I would never watch Suicide Squad. There's, okay. There's a okay. So there's a, a line that I draw with what I let my kids watch, and Deadpool falls on that line, and Suicide yeah. Squad falls on that line. Any of the Marvel movies that were like the mainstream Marvel movies, I'll watch sure. with them. Um, the Batman was kind of like pushing it. I, I did take them to see Venom too, um, because they saw Venom one and on, and surprisingly it wasn't that bad. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, but like the really, really bad ones, like, um, with the intense language and, and, and the, yeah, all the, yeah. all the innuendo and stuff. And yeah, no suicide squad. I wouldn't let them watch either of them. And my son was always like, I want to watch it. And I'm like, oh. no, you're not watching it. You can wait like a few years, maybe yeah. seven, eight years before you watch that. No, I forced night- my little brother to watch the original It, you know, the made for TV miniseries yeah. with, uh, yeah. oh, what's his name? Oh, no. Oh, I saw he- it. Oh, God. Uh, how- I'm going to, I'm so mad at myself right now for forgetting his name. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. So- oh, yeah. Oh. So he's Pennywise, right? I forced my little brother to watch that when he was six. He's. 25 now he's terrified of clowns still afraid of clowns to this day oh and like that was that made i was laughing when i watched that movie and i was 13 but the new one like i haven't watched it yet but everything i've seen there's no way a kid can handle it yeah no i remember i just clowns were a thing that freaked kids out for a while i remember my little brother who's in his 30s now but i remember when it was probably his like i don't know fourth birthday i don't know if they were four three three four and uh we were my i had my par- uh, they had a bunch of kids at my parents house and they had hired a clown clown came in and literally every single kid started screaming so oh, it was yeah. like a female cl- and like it was like a chain reaction where one kid started freaking out then all the other kids started freaking out and the clown was pregnant too so i remember oh, no. my mom had to um had to go up and 
give the clown some of her maternity clothes to come down and do whatever the fuck she was going to do as a normal person. Yeah. And then they all, yeah, no, I, um, I told my son like, sorry, dude, you sometimes still come and sleep in our bed in the middle of the night. I'm not letting you <laughs> yeah. watch this until you're 13. Hey, speaking because... of clowns, did Canada have that weird thing in 2016 with random people just dressing as clowns, just popping up everywhere? Or was that an American thing? Um, it's not ringing a bell to me. Like there were just random people like even here people have sort of forgotten about it but there was a couple months time in 2016 where there were just people that would show up dressed as like killer clowns and they would just like randomly charge at people and chase them through the streets and just like show up outside parking lots and like it was Um, like people were like here in the next couple weeks there's going to be a report about people being killed by clowns and then the clowns just disappeared no i i we didn't have that we just had a bunch of weirdly painted moose okay well, yeah, there were around that time, maybe it was a little bit earlier, everywhere you would look, there would be a moose and it would be like painted in some weird art. They would be sponsored by different companies. So you would get like your drugstore moose and you would get your accounting firm moose. And, that makes sense. And shit like but that. But these were different from the moose that everyone has to own, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, right. So, oh shit. What else? Um, what else is going on? Um, oh, I watched. Um, have you seen the 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 Bond movie Casino Royale? The uh, yeah, I've seen Casino Royale. Like the one with Daniel Craig, the the, the first one with Craig. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, so I I been kind of catching up on catching on, up on all the Bonds on all the yeah because I want to watch the new one. Um, yeah, I'm a few but, behind. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't seen Skyfall or Spectre yet. I only saw. Casino Royale and, and the second one, Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. So, I think Skyfall is the last one I saw. I know a lot of people didn't like it as much, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I heard it was great, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm stoked to watch that. Um, yeah. So other than that, um, I did get a letter actually. Oh, did you? Good. Uh, did you get any letters? I any, did. Any... It's probably because we've been in hiatus for so long. Yeah. Well, somehow. This came in, and, I, and it's weird that it's weird that he knows that we're back. Yeah, but he somehow knows that we're back. Um, I did mention online that we were coming back. Um, oh, did you? Okay, good. So that 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 might be it, but I mean, I have no idea. Um, if it's who I think said, it is, I'm pretty sure he stalks us. Well, no, I mean he signed it this time, so I mean I oh, know okay. it's I know who it is. It's it's yeah. it's our it's our good buddy here, and they're you know okay. we're losing the we're losing the pod we need to get some positive feedback from other people and <laughs> yeah. i just feel bad i feel like we're lo- i've been you know when when a a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it does it make a sound right and that's kind of um i don't know if that's that's a shitty metaphor for what the fuck i'm saying isn't it <laughs> no it's all right i forgive you i don't think that means anything <laughs> um <laughs> but this just says um you should have a random robotic pull the string type toy named steve that bitches about being sick when one of you two can't make it. The show wouldn't suck any more than it already does. Glad you're back, you shitheads, Clint. Oh, well, I missed you too, Clint. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, it's been... Uh, I'm sorry that my life hasn't been as sunshine and roses as you'd like it to be, Clint. Um, but we're uh, we're doing our best. We're, we're rising like a phoenix from the ashes for you. Yep, yep, yep. Hopefully stick around for a while this time. So um, at this point, um, we're going to call J.S. Willis. J. Willis. I think the S is a little too formal. I think we should tell him that. Um, no, I think it's good for an author name. 
Yeah, we're gonna. And uh, yeah, and he's and and like I said, he's a lawyer too, so he needs that you know level of formality. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, but he needs so, Esquire at the end there. Yeah, so um, we're gonna talk to Jay and uh, ask him some stupid questions. Yeah, let's bring him on. We're back with uh, Jay Willis, um, author of The Sphere. Am I saying it's The Sphere Cycle, correct? The Sphere Saga. saga. Sphere Saga. I, it was either so- I've read the first one. <laughs> that's, how, that's how crazy a time it's been that I'm, my mind is just not. The Sphere Saga. Um, yes. Excellent epic fantasy series uh, and also a lawyer. That's correct. So, we, so we're we're actually looking for some free uh, legal advice at the same time here. So it's good to have you, Jay. It's good to be here. So um, let's start um, because the purpose of this show is not to spend too much time dwelling on uh, intense writing related questions that you would get in other podcasts. Um but I would like uh, you to take a little time to pitch your book or pitch your series. So I talked a little bit about it before because I read the first one and I kind of focused on uh, how it's a really uh, cool series to read um, because of the family dynamic stuff. Um, you know, you've got uh, this really cool um, coming of age story intermingled with uh a family that it, at, at, that seems kind of perfect, and then there's this thing that happens that uh, sets the mother and the, the the two parental figures at complete odds with each other. And in, in some ways, it's just so terrifying. Um, loved the first book. Um, so so tell us a little bit about the Sphere Saga, and you know why uh, people should be grabbing it and making it their next epic fantasy read. Well, like you said, it's it's a coming-of-age story, and there are actually multiple coming-of-age stories. It's an epic fantasy, so you've got several point-of-view characters in it. Um, the, the second book, which I don't think you've read yet, actually goes back in time and explores uh, the lives of um, the three. Uh, well, they're, they're called the three at, at the point in history in the first book. Um, they weren't originally called the three. They were just normal, everyday people. Um, but they become labeled over the, the course of history as the three, and they're known as wizard war criminals who basically blew up the world in a magic apocalypse. Um, they, and they, they have very intense relationships um, from the time they, they are children in an academy for magic, and they, they grow up, and the second book is all about how they grow up, how they grow to love one another, they grow to hate one another, and eventually they come to blows and eventually almost blow up the entire world. Um, so so th- th- there's a lot of uh, r- strong relationships here and interesting family dynamics, like you said. Sounds awesome. So it's a, it's a, tr- it's a trilogy right now. Yes. Are you yes. planning on um, continuing writing in this world, or are you um, heading somewhere else after this? Yeah, the the th- the second book goes back in time, but the third book picks up right after the uh, first book leaves off. I'm actually working on book four right now, which will be the first book of a new uh, a new trilogy um, to, to kind of finish out the story. Um, the, the plan is is to potentially do nine books total. I'm, I'm definitely going to do six, um, 
we'll see if the, if the seven, eight, and nine happen, and we'll see how that goes. But I do want to do four, um, four, five, and six to finish out the story because um, I, I have an outline, and I'm so fleshing out that outline to see exactly where it goes. But I'm I'm working on uh, the fourth book right now. Awesome. Well, I will say this: I I really don't get a chance to read much um, that I'm not editing, um, and I haven't I haven't read nearly as much as I'd like to, but uh, this book really drew me in. Uh, it's really well written and uh, the characters are the characters are fantastic. So um, definitely uh, people listening, um, check out Jay Willis's Sphere Saga. Um, and now that we've we've talked about all that serious stuff, let's let's get to the crux of this and ask the real questions. Okay. Yeah, the important stuff everyone wants to hear. They have sure. nothing to do with writing. <laughs> so Jenkins, why don't you start us off? Yeah. All right. Okay. So Jay, this is a question I like to ask all our guests because it has the potential for you know some fun, interesting discussion. Um, so I I hate the phrase guilty pleasure because I don't think people should be ashamed of the things that make them happy. Right. Uh, but I I say that just so you'll understand what I'm asking. But what is that thing that you like that brings you like just unironic joy? that other people probably judge you for uh that probably people judge me for um well the one thing well two things that come to mind would be two movies that i can't turn off if i if i come across them and they're on they're on the screen um and i don't tell many people about these two movies and i actually do have have them on either uh the dvr or on dvd um and and i'll pop them in every once in a while because they they just they crack me up and, and I just love them. Um, and and they're, they're not what people would normally think of me watching if they know me at all. And that would be um, number one would be the birdcage starring Nathan Lane and Robin Williams, which okay. is, seems like a very odd choice. If, if anybody knows me, um, knows my, my I, I read fan, I read fantasy, I read epic fantasy. Um, I, I usually watch those similar types of movies, but and TV but for some reason, the birdcage just it, it just cracks me up. Rob, I think it's probably Robin Williams because he's always been a, fa- a favorite of mine. That's fair. Uh, love the, it. the other movie that, that I would consider to be a guilty pleasure would be Down with Love, starring Ewan McGregor. Um, again, that's that doesn't seem like something that I would be somebody who, wa- who would watch it. I'm not a romantic comedy kind of person, but I love musicals. My family's been involved in theater for a very long time um and and ewan mcgregor is just one of my favorite actors anyway and and the the whole dynamic and setup of that movie and and the feel of the kind of 60s um sex comedy just the way it's it's just a a really well-made movie um so the yeah those sound kind of odd but that would be my answer would be for a guilty pleasure would be those two movies okay Nice. Never saw Down with Love. Um, the bird never saw the Birdcage either. The Birdcage. Um, I grew up with um, musicals as well. I, my whole life. Um, the Birdcage is actually a, a kind of a, a reboot of the original La Cajo Fall Broadway play, and I grew up with the musical because um, my grandmother was obsessed with it. Um, so if I were to watch that movie, it would be because I, I remember that. So, um, 
cool. I'm glad to know that it was funny. It's one of the few Robin Williams movies I think I haven't seen. It, it, it's hilarious. And Gene Hackman in it, just to contrast to Gene Hackman and and just to spoil it, to see Gene Hackman in drag at the end is is just a riot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I very cool. Um, so I'm going to uh, ask a question that I've I've borrowed from this podcast and I mix it around with other other um, podcasts and interviews that I do. But um, if you could have a drink with any on the other one, I say author, but let's move into any celebrity any person uh living or dead who would it be and why uh that would be um neil peart from rush um he died back in 20 january 2020 yeah unfortunately unfortunately i i always had i always dreamed of someday meeting him in person and having a drink with him having a discussion with him um, that so I, he's just a fascinating man, a fascinating character. Um, Rush is my my favorite band of all time. Um, I would I would treasure spending a, an evening with a drink and a friend and, and Neil Peart. That would just be fantastic. Cool. Um, have you read the Clockwork Angels uh, books that he wrote with Kevin J. Anderson? I've read the first one. I've not read the other ones. Um, I know the third one is either it just came out or it's about to come out um the first one's good it goes it goes right along with the album and it's it's a good book it's a lot of fun yeah no i started reading it um and it was really cool actually i um kind of a funny story um my dad works with a dude who uh grew up with uh neil and and uh and getty well he grew up with getty lee oh they were very very good friends and um he's a, a sick guitar player and he was actually one of the guys that used to jam with them all the time. Like he was the other dude that would be there all the time. And he ended up like, I I don't know the politics. I know that, that him, that he and Getty Lee are still friends. Um, But he ended up becoming a mortgage broker. Wow. But he, but he was one of the, I've, I've, you know, I'm in, I live in Toronto. So I've, I've seen Getty Lee around. I, I used to see him at the Blue Jays games. Um, yeah. yeah, he had seats very close to us. I saw him at a, at a coffee shop one time and my wife was like, you should go up to him. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. Um, so yeah, no, I'm definitely a big Rush fan too. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to be Canadian and get away from them, but, yeah. um, I can imagine I'm, I'm definitely, uh, a fan. And then they influenced me in, into a lot of other bands that I like, like Dream Theater and, and, um, you know, other, I guess other progressive stuff yes that i i got into after rush um so yeah that's very cool well neil pierce is such an inspiration to me he, he always has been because i mean you know he didn't graduate from high school and, and if you go back through his entire biography and his entire story i mean he's a brilliant man he self-educated himself after he he left high school because he wanted to be a musician and he's one of the most brilliant lyricists and writers that I've ever encountered. I mean, his just his mastery of the English language is just beyond compare, in, in my opinion. And it's he's just a fascinating man. And, and the three of them, from everything you see, they're just normal, everyday guys. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Something very uh, approachable, um, always about Rush. So um, I, I I definitely agree. Um, Jacob's next question. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, just because of, you know, the way things have been going for the last couple of years, I'm trying to be a little more positive with uh, some of these questions. So, Jay, what is it that, like, gets you up and going in the morning? What's that thing that makes you smile and helps you look forward to life? Um, it might be have... too much of a question. I'm sorry. but <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> um, honestly, I probably my writing. Um, okay. And that sounds, that sounds like a canned answer from, from a writer, but I I go to bed at night trying to plant in my brain what's coming next in my and whatever I'm working on. So hopefully my brain will take over and work out any plot problems I'm having. And then I'll usually wake up in the morning and I don't want to go to my regular day job. But the thought is, OK, get through the day and you can come home and write for a couple hours when you get home tonight. Yeah, I understand that one. I have a, a piece of paper above my desk at my day job, um, and this will mean nothing to anybody else, but that paper uh, references something that was a thing at the company when I started four years ago, and it just fills me with seething, never-ending rage, so that when I get home, I'm more excited to write than I would be if I <laughs> wasn't angry at my day job. There you go. Yeah. So no, yeah, that's a good answer. Thank you. Yeah, it doesn't always happen. I, I mean, I don't depending on life, family obligations, and family, and doing other things. But you know, it's, the the thought is when you get up in the morning, yeah, today's going to be the day I can actually get home and and, get, and finish off the chapter I'm working on. Yeah, I got to get back into uh, tomorrow's April first. We're actually supposed to be writing the thirteenth book in our thirteen book series. It's not finished yet. The no, well, no, I. I thought Reed would have knocked that out last week. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Reed? What about me? Why, what, what, you why, gave him why? the outline, didn't you? <laughs> no, I haven't even written it oh, yet. Well, never mind. I, I was thinking, I was thinking of writing it like tonight and tomorrow. No, I'm. I honestly, I feel so bad because my biggest thing is I want to make sure that I, I'm there for other people that I'm working with, and my books have, our books, I should say, um, have taken a. a bottom of the pecking order kind of situation. So I'm really looking forward to, um, and I've been putting in long hours again with work like I was before this all happened over the last like couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that I'm able to to get back into it because I, I, I miss writing and I miss coming up with jokes and outlining. Even though the book we're writing now is not a funny book, um, I, I just miss the process. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean it, I, I can tell when it's been a while since I've actually been able to write something because it, it affects my mood. It affects my mental health. I, I just, I need it. I need that creative catharsis. I need that outlet. Yeah. Something feels wrong if you're not able to do it. Yep. When you need to. Yeah. I get that. So I wanted to ask, um, since, uh, since you're a lawyer, um, by other profession, um, what's your take on, uh, the slapping incident at the Oscars and, um, from a legal perspective, what do you, what, what do you think, um, you know, so like, what do you think should have happened in this situation? Like, how do you, how do you view it? It's you, there's so much, um, there's so many different sides and there's so many people saying different things and there's so much, oh, I'm um, defending this person, defending that person. Oh, it was a joke. But at the end of the day, you've got like, in my opinion, a, a situation that's legitimately an assault. Um, so what's your take from a legal perspective on this? 
From a legal perspective, and keep in mind that I work as, as an assistant prosecuting attorney, which means that I charge people, and I, I primarily work in juvenile court, so I'm charging juveniles. Um, so the prosecutor in me says, yeah, exactly what you just said. It, it's clearly an assault. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it, he knowingly attempted to, to or, or caused physical harm to somebody, and he, sh- he should be held accountable. Um, if I was a prosecutor in whatever jurisdiction that is, I would have no problem charging him. Now, on the other hand, I didn't sit through it and watch the thing. I didn't see it. I've just seen the clips like everybody else has. But when I first saw it, I got to be honest, my first thought was, based on the story, you know, I he's defending his family. He's defending his wife. Um, I might have done the same thing if I was in his shoes. But I don't know exactly what transpired in the audience. I don't know what happened and what was said between he and his wife. I don't know the whole history there. So, I mean, the, the attorney in me says, yeah, he, he ought to be held accountable. And as far as the, you know, the Oscars people taking away his award and all that, I don't care about that. I, I don't think they have any business doing that. you got to separate the creator and the, crea- the creative person and what they do in their work from whatever they do in their real lives, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, otherwise there's, there's no way somebody like James Brown would be revered the way he is right now. You know what I mean? Oh, there are all kinds of horrible people that are great artists in, in whatever format that they, they create. I mean, that's just that's just the way it goes. Um, they're terrible people, but their art is, is fantastic and it's important to the world. So, you know, I I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And I, I think it, the whole thing's gotten too much attention. I mean, let's move on. Yeah, there's a war going on right now. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot more important yeah in the world i mean the top story on the news in the morning shouldn't be what's going on in the will smith saga i mean what tell me what's going on in the ukraine what what russia's doing or not doing and is world war three starting yeah that's a big one all right next all right um <laughs> all right so again this one might come back to writing as well but uh it's kind of a vague question so you can interpret it however you want that's what I have written down here is questions I want to ask people. Uh, so uh, what would you cite as your biggest influence in life? Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, that's a good answer. All right. Do you want to elaborate on that for us? I don't even have to think about it. I, I, I was seven years old when it, when it first came out, saw it in the theater. I used to have a count of how many times I'd seen it in the theater and the various times, but I, I've forgotten that long since. I, I just, it, George Lucas set out to make, a mythology and luckily my generation is the one that he made that for and it is it's my mythology i i, I mean i it's it's so ingrained in me um you know the, all, all the different ideas concepts philosophies um I, some people hate the new movies i, I love all of them I, lo- I love all of them in every incarnation um yeah that is refreshing to hear honestly yeah. I'm afraid to talk about Star Wars with most Star with most Star Wars fans. Exactly. No one hates no one hates Star Wars more than a Star Wars fan. Oh, exactly. Is my usual yeah. experience. So it's, I'm I'm glad to hear you like all of them. You know, I'm a big I'm a big Star Wars fan. I, I think I'm actually one of those people that kind of um, just appreciates new Star Wars. Like I thought Rogue One was phenomenal. Oh, uh, I thought Solo was phenomenal. Yeah, no, Solo is a good movie. Haven't seen it. Not because I didn't want to, just because for some reason I haven't seen it. I'm obsessed with the prequels, and I'm not. I'm a, I'm an unabashed 
uh, fan of the prequel series. Um, possibly also because of uh, the place I was at in my life when I saw The Phantom Menace. Uh, it will always have very good memories for me. Um, I was 12 years old in the theater when that one came out, so I love that one. There you go. And, and that, that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the original trilogy was mine. I mean, I, I was seven years old when it came out. So, I mean, I, I literally grew up with it. But right. I, I mean, now I've got to be honest, I, I, I absolutely hated The Force Awakens when it came out. But I, I, I made myself in, in my mind say, yes, you hate it now, but you have to wait and see what happens in the next movie because sure. they have to be planning to go somewhere with this. Well, see, I like that. I was able to, like you said, you were seven when you saw the original, right? Yep. My thinking is whenever I do a Star Wars movie, I have to pretend I'm that 12-year-old kid that saw The Phantom Menace. Right. And if I turn that part of my brain on, I'm able to enjoy all of them, you know? Right, right. I, my issue with, um, well, my issue with the entire sequel series, and I didn't hate it. Like, when I was watching the movies, I, when I was, I'll admit, when I was watching the movies, I really enjoyed them. Um, there was no part of me that was, like, one of these hardcore, you know, nerd fanboys that was that was just criticizing every little thing, you know. Like I'm not one of those people that obsesses over Boba Fett's outfit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. Like I'm just I, I've never been I've never been that type of person. But um, one of the things that I missed and that I was expecting uh, was more of the stunning and some people hate this like the visuals in the sequel series those backgrounds those worlds like i know a lot of it is cgi and a lot of it is green screen or whatever you'll can say whatever you want to me there was nothing more mesmerizing than than seeing those settings than than something about those movies bad acting or not they were just mesmerizing to me when i saw them yeah, and that, that's that's part of the magic of Star Wars for me is is the world building. I mean, the, the world building is just endless, and it just it, it, it's just you know it, it boggles my mind. I mean, and it, it and that's that goes back to your original question. I mean, that that's why Star Wars is probably my biggest inspiration um, and influence because there's just so much there. There's so much depth in the world and universe that was developed, and you. you you know, I've spent countless hours during my childhood with Star Wars figures making up those stories. That's part of the reason I'm a storyteller, because I've been telling stories between myself and my friends my entire life. And Star Wars is a big part of that. Yeah, I think I just wished that what what George Lucas did with the with the prequel series was the epitome of what could be done with filmmaking visually in I don't know when did it come out 1999 it was the first one was 99 yeah something like that it exactly. was it was the it was the pinnacle of what could be done and Star Wars to me was the was the pinnacle of of film of of like action space sci-fi film and and this was at least from a visual standpoint it was what they were capable of and I understand that um there's something to be said about wanting to go in a more retro sort of direction with the sequel series um but it just didn't feel as exciting to me, as cutting edge, as this is Star Wars now. It seemed like a little bit too much. This is this. We've done Star Wars now and a lot of people complained about it. So let's do Star Wars back then and create this this retro thing that looks almost like it could have been done, um, you know, 
in the yeah, 70s. it had more of a nostalgia effect than yeah. Like, yeah. I feel bad for Lucas because he was bullied out of filmmaking by his own fans. But everything he's done for filmmaking, like from a filmmaker perspective, he revolutionized everything he touched. Oh, we wouldn't absolutely. have like THX sound if it wasn't for Lucas. We wouldn't have absolutely. Pixar if it wasn't for Lucas. No, definitely not. But, like the fact that, yeah, like that's a good point, Michael. I hadn't considered that. But yeah, they did kind of take a step back a little bit. I'm, I'm sure they pushed something somewhere with it. But yeah, I mean, the closest the, the closest I think it got was um, the last one. Um Oh, is it called Rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. By the end, by the climax of the the, the ending scenes, you were getting a little bit of that. It, it felt like a bigger movie. Um, Have either of you watched the uh, the Disney Plus Star Wars shows, like The oh, Mandalorian? Yeah, I absolutely love them. The yeah, of- okay, I'm glad. I love them too. I think they're my favorite Star Wars currently. I haven't. I haven't. But watched- uh, if you watch the behind the scenes on those, this is why I love them so much because it feels like they're pushing boundaries again. Oh, yeah. All of that is filmed on a soundstage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, you can't tell. It's incredible. No. Yeah, the, the technology is incredible. It's, it's amazing what they're doing with it. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Kenobi show. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited really, for that one, too. I'm excited yeah, I, about it just because that just, I mean, Ewan McGregor was my favorite part of the prequel series. Um, and I'm a big fan of his in general as an actor. So um, I think it'll be cool to uh, to see what they do with it. Yeah, I think it's in good hands with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. They know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they were given more to do in Star Wars. Hopefully they get to in the future. They've kind of proven themselves with the shows, I think. Yeah, I, I want to see where they go with um, the Ahsoka show that's supposed to be coming out. Yeah. They're going to tie in Admiral Thrawn. And besides Darth Vader, uh, Admiral Thrawn is probably my second favorite character. Yeah, when I watched that episode of The Mandalorian with my uh, fiance. And when she said Thrawn's name, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah, I did like, too. I, who's, I, that, who's that? I was like, ah! I was giddy. I, yeah. I can't. No, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I would I would actually, it would be cool to, um, and I don't think, I don't know if they'll ever do this, but um, I really enjoyed Phasma um, from the sequel series. Um, and I know I've heard it bounced around that she's a fan favorite as well. So if they ever did something like, expanding on phasma's origins or whatever i would probably watch that i think she got a novel that might be the most we get from her she did get a novel she did and i almost i didn't read it but it was like very high on my should i just download this and i didn't end up doing it yeah um but but that's that's the beauty of it though is is there there there's so many different characters and so many different stories that they can go back and tell and yeah it's just it's endless that's true. Did you guys see the? Um, this is not my question, um, but did you see the any of the teasers for Avatar two? I have not. I think I've just seen some like uh, production arts, but I haven't. Were, I really haven't were, paid attention to it. You, I'm were, actually were amazed you guys that a, movie's happening. Really? Were you, you guys were not fans of the first one? No, I liked it at the time, but then like it sat a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, it was a sci-fi retelling of Dances with Wolves. Cool, cool. Yeah, exactly. But like the fact that it's getting so much like I don't know, I feel like uh yeah, what's his James Cameron? Yeah. I feel like he's hyping it up more than anyone else wants it to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll do all right. I mean visually no, I'm it was, sure it'll make enough money. It was visually I we watched I watched it with my kids the other day. I hadn't seen it since it came okay. out. And um 
See, maybe to me, I'm just like I'm a hardcore visual guy when it comes to those. No, no, like that movie did a lot for filmmaking as well. It was stunning. Yeah. It, it was it, it was a truly stunning film. Like I've I, I as I was watching it, all I was thinking, and I kept saying this to my wife, is like, how the fuck can somebody, can a human being do this? Like <laughs> I don't know. I still can't forgive him for unobtainium. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, <laughs> the writing is so horrible. Like, it's a fun movie. I won't deny that. Like, it's probably a great one to watch with kids, too. It it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. My, my son is a little bit of a hater. Like. <laughs> well, and, you and, said and, he gave up on Batman after seven. He gave minutes, up on, so. yeah, he gave up on, oh, this is the most boring <laughs> movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, but uh, he's a little bit of a hater. But to see him, to see his eyes light up and to just see him mesmerized and, and glued to it and, and want to keep watching also makes me really happy. Um because it's just something that we can experience together, right? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask, a, a, this is a, a little bit more serious. I'm sorry, we've been going in that direction a little bit more uh, lately. But um, if animals could talk, which species would be the rudest of them all? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, if animals could talk, which would be? I would say possum. I would say an, op- an opossum. Okay, and I'm gonna oh. add a why. Should I should have added a why to that and why? We'll add one now. Yeah, why? And why? Uh, because I, I just my wife absolutely detests possums, um, and it, there's just some funny stories because we got we got basically trapped in our lower level apartment one day because there was a possum out at the. In our, uh, up the stairs from our apartment and we couldn't leave our apartment because the possum was there and it would hiss at us every time we'd come out the door. That's amazing. So, <laughs> that is amazing. They're, they're nasty, vile little creatures. And <laughs> it's just fun. I just laugh because my wife right. just cringes anytime she sees one. And it's, it's Don't just, they hang Don't they hang upside down from their tails? Like, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. got those uh, like grabby tails, yeah. 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 I got to throw one in a book one of these days. Yeah, but I but yeah, I would say they're probably the rudest. Yeah, that, that probably makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've I've raccoons are 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 pretty freaky. Yeah. And and, and pretty relentless. Freak me out. But other than that, oh yeah, with cool. the opposable thumbs, and they're just so relentless. There's a um, video online. It's all black and white, but it's someone standing on a bridge, dropping like cat food on the bridge, and there's just hundreds of raccoons under the bridge and they're like poking their hands up it looks like something from a zombie movie and every time i every time i see it i'm like ah that's uh, yeah. that fun we had a I, I talk about we talk about cats a lot on this show for some reason um, yeah we do i had a i had a psychopath cat like a long time ago which unfortunately we we had to put down because he uh hurt me really badly my wife got a job and she got really excited and she did that girl shriek um, about the job that she got. And the cat somehow freaked out and thought that I was attacking her and just clawed and bit his way all the way up my arms and legs and wouldn't let go. Um, and um, that was it. And I had to go to the doctor and get um, shots and stuff. And I got an infection and it was terrible. And we had to put the cat down. Um but before that happened, um, this cat would sometimes leave our backyard and go and hide under our neighbor's deck. We lived in an area where people had, you know, risen decks, wooden decks that you could go underneath. And um, 
one time the cat went out and we knew he was under the deck and we saw a giant raccoon walk underneath that deck. And my wife and I loved this cat despite the the, the, the psychosis. And we were both like in, in hysterics. Oh my God, he's gonna not going to make it. He's going to die. That's it. But we've seen him for the last time. Anyway, the, the raccoon, we see the raccoon charging off and the cat comes back and everything's fine. I'm 100% sure that my cat scared the living shit out of this raccoon. <laughs> Dude, cats are scary, man. They are yeah, tougher like, than they should be. Yeah, I'm not, um, I've got my dog, I've got my Frenchie now and he's like, it's just, I, I don't think after having a dog, I'll ever be a cat person again. And I don't hate cats. Well, it turns out my wife was allergic to cats the whole time we had cats. Yeah, I, I told hate too. That's why I hate them. Have I told this story? I think I've, I don't know. If I've yeah, I, I was going to say, I think this is about the 20th time I personally <laughs> have heard that story about your cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but did I, I did I mention the thing about my wife's allergies? <laughs> yeah, that's the fifth time I've heard that specific detail. <laughs> okay, so, well, there's no, there's nothing wrong with a sixth. Um, um, yeah, so we had... We had this cat. We had cats for for years, and my wife had this skin allergy. And we did all these. We, we did allergy tests, and we changed laundry detergent and everything like that. And, and she ate different things. And we never once, either of us, and we're both, you know, relatively intelligent people, thought, oh, maybe it's the fact that we have a cat. And then as soon as we didn't have cats, they went away, and she was fine. And she hasn't had that happen since. So. Um, it turns out she she had a, a pretty bad cat allergy and grew up with cats and lived with them all her life. Makes a difference. Yeah, isn't that an interesting story though? Like, is, it's worthy of worthy of being told six times on a podcast, right? Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, only six times. <laughs> it's the allergy part. All right, let's get on, let's get let's get to That's another question. <laughs> let's get to another question here. Okay. All right. Um. So I don't. Kn- know if you would answer this one for me but with without any real context can you describe for us your favorite meme format my favorite meme format yeah like for example i love the rick roll you're asking the wrong guy my, my right, kids, I, I was worried that might be the case but well, I to... well my kids make fun of me because they they've tried to explain to me what a meme is so many different sure. times and, and what I, one is changes every few years so well, that's the problem and i, I I, I understand it, and, and I, a lot of times I'm just jerking their chain, but I just, yeah, I just don't get it. I just okay. don't get the fascination with it. So I don't even know that I have a favorite format. I wouldn't even be able to begin to tell you. That's that's fair. That, that's good. No, that's an answer. Yeah, I mean, I saw some some really funny Will Smith slapping memes recently. Yeah, that's the current one right now. And oh yeah, there have been all kinds. I'm of ready for that one to. to the funniest move, move one on. is the one where is the one where where um it's like the full scene and Jada's like do something and Will's like ah, it's just a joke, baby, and then she gives a, gives the look and says William, and then you see him go up and charge <laughs> after. Now the, now the funny thing about that is that his name is that his name is actually not William, it's uh <laughs> it's Willard, I think Willard Smith. The best, the best one I've seen actually doesn't even have Will Smith in it. It's a picture of Andrew Garfield at the Oscars, and it looks like he's on his phone. And, and, and the caption is basically he's texting the other Spider-Men from the other Spider-Men universes and asking, did Will Smith just slap Chris Rock in your universe? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I was actually really um, – here's a question. I, 
Well, you guys don't know Jenkins. Did you see Tick Tick Boom? Not yet. I want to still, but okay. So, Jay, did you see Tick Tick Boom? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, did you like Tick Tick Boom? I wasn't a big fan. My daughter uh, loves it, but I, uh, I wasn't a big fan. Now, now, uh, I I thought Andrew Garfield was an excellent it was an excellent actor in it. I, I thought yeah. it was, you know, it, it just yeah, I'm not I'm not a big Jonathan Larson fan anyway. But but okay. I, I, I it was a well made movie. I thought it was like my my entire family is obsessed, like absolutely obsessed. It it, it blows my mind. Um, I was actually really disappointed he didn't win. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it was kind of a surprise. Yeah, no, I um I didn't love Rent, um, but I love Tick Tick Boom. Like I I don't compare them. They're I don't think they're similar. Um, yeah, no, but, there's no comparison, but but yeah, no, no, I was just. You mentioned Andrew Garfield, and we were talking about that, and I was and musicals, so I thought it would be worth asking if you if you liked that one. His performance was great. Yeah, and yeah. I can separate a movie that I don't care for from from the performances in it and, and appreciate them. I mean, that's I definitely appreciate his performance. It, it was it was brilliant. Yeah, I just found out he was British recently. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. I thought that's what did I not? What did I say that I didn't realize that? Jo- oh, I had mentioned that I that that. I didn't know that John Cena was a wrestler until like yeah, two you're learning a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like John Cena as like I, I enjoyed Suicide Squad and, and um, we were talking about Peacemaker and I had just looked him up to see what other movies he was in and stuff and and apparently it's almost like a like like an alternate parallel universe where he was like a wrestler the equivalent of The Rock and Hulk Hogan. And I had no idea the guy was ever a wrestler. Yeah, that's okay, Michael. You're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Hell is wrong with me, but um, you would have known a, if you'd been a hockey player. No, I wouldn't. I don't know anything about okay. hockey, man. I well, joke about the fact you. that I, I, um, I mean, I take my, I do one of the th- one of the most Canadian thing that 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 I do. Well, that I did this winter that I, I've never really done before is taking my kids to to skate on the we have a pond in a wooded area like around our our, our place okay. and they ha- there's a bunch of teenagers that flood the ice and in the winter and they turn they make it into this beautiful hockey and, and skating rink and i would take my kids skating on a regular Wait, basis did you say a bunch of teenagers flood the area no they there, there would be hot teenagers yeah, there's a bunch of teenagers in the neighborhood that play hockey, so they would actually go out and they would check the levels of the ice and they would flood it and they would make sure okay. that it was safe because they took their hockey really seriously. Yeah, um, like, that sounds like the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. That a yeah, it is group the of most, teenagers goes out and as a public service, yeah, creates yeah. a skating rink for everybody. They do, they do, and they did, they did such a good job. And I, we would bring the kids and they would go skating on it, and we would bring out our my wife and I brought our little like. Um, you know those those foldable chairs, and we would sit in the foldable chairs while the kids skated, and it was very Canadian. In Ohio, we call that vandalism. <laughs> Flooding an area. <laughs> yeah. That's a public service in Canada because there's ice afterwards. Apparently. Yeah. No, but they did. It was when it, it was it was safe. We uh, there would always be somebody there that would be checking and stuff like that. Um. So <laughs> I don't know how many more questions I have, but. Do you have a pet? Did we talk about this? Do you, Jay? Do you have a pet? I do not. Not not at not at the moment. Not now. I have had pets throughout my life. My wife and I had had two do- dogs that we loved very very much until they died. 
Okay, now I feel bad asking this question. This question okay, so, is just a way for so him to trick you into outing yourself. You so don't have to answer just, it. So I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring the dogs up. But let's just say you had like a like a fish or something like that that, that was or a lizard or something like that in a terrarium. Okay, just because that's pretty harmless. Um, okay. If your fish or your lizard could talk, what's one thing they could say that would completely ruin your rep, your image or reputation? Uh, Jay, you do not have to answer this. <laughs> Michael's trying to trick you. <laughs> I like this question. You like this question, yeah. Uh, fish are pretty boring, so I'm not sure that I would even be able to understand what the fish was saying because he's underwater. Um, yeah, but he'd do that little thing, like, you know, like the fish in Pinocchio or whatever, where he'd, he'd pop up and just say something to... to when, when somebody came over or whatever and say, yeah, Jay's a whatever. I would say if I, if I had a lizard, then it, what would it, the only thing it would, could possibly get on me would be um, how, how cluttered our, my house can become at times. Oh. Are you saying a writer is less than perfectly organized? Uh, yeah. All right. Good job, Jay. Didn't fall for Michael's trick. Yeah, my desk is a mess. <laughs> yeah. You ever okay, get blind uh, to your clutter? Like, it's there, but you don't realize it's there until someone points it out? No, I pretty much know it's here. Okay. Because no, I just daughter. realized I have, a, like, a Pepsi bottle full of sunflower seed shells, and I don't know how long it's been on my desk for. Yeah, my, my, my daughter's like that, though. I mean, she, she, she has object permanence issues legitimately sometimes, and it's kind of freaky. Well, I have a, I have a stack of paperbacks on my night table that, is broken up into I don't even know why but it's broken up into two columns and if you stack them on top of each other it's like as tall as half of Burj Khalifa and my wife is always like are you gonna do something about those paperbacks and I'm like yeah I'll do it tomorrow <laughs> and I, I still haven't done it so yeah. they're books you're supposed to have books laying around yeah but this is like an, un, an obscene unfathomable amount of of paperbacks that are just it's like i get one and i put it there and then i just keep adding and stacking them and they just yeah back no, up that. on my night table um and there's really no rhyme or reason for them because there's no way in hell i'm going to read them all anyway yours yours happens to be one of them that's that's sitting on there but, but they're books yeah, i think both of you i think both of you have uh representation in my half of Burj khalifa yeah um, that's fair Anyway, uh, I'm on one more, one more question. Uh, that's four for me. You usually only do three, so I hadn't prepared a fifth one, unfortunately. Okay, I'm not going to ask my – I think that's it because I'm not going to ask my COVID, the COVID question. Yeah, let's pretend COVID's not a thing for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Our numbers are, are going up again, and they're talking about this waterborne bullshit now. But it's just – it feels a little bit like, I, like I'm asking, um, you know, a question about Will Smith – slapping chris rock to yeah it's, war, it's worn you know out what I mean? yeah i feel like, like yeah in my opinion like you know wear your mask get immunized all that stuff but then pretend it doesn't exist when you're not around other people like i'm alone in my office right now i don't want to remember it's a thing right there with you. so jay do us a favor um our community and let everybody know where uh people can find you online if they want to find out more about you and your work Okay, my books are all on Amazon. Um, they're in Kindle Unlimited. I, I have a website, which I need to revamp because it's 
I did it in WordPress and it's not very good. Um, the website is uh, JS Willis, my name spelled out, dot net. Um, I'm also on Facebook, which is probably where I spend most of my time social media wise. Um, otherwise, I do have accounts on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, even though I don't do much with them. Um, so, yeah, probably just my website and Amazon and Facebook are the big three. Awesome. Well, it's been uh, great having you on the show and talking to you. You are officially the first guest of our um, first show in about a month and a half, almost two months. We had a so, big unexpected hiatus, so thank you for uh, getting us out of our slump there. We appreciate hey, it. Hey, it's my my honor. I'm, I'm honored to do it. Awesome. Well, all the best and best of luck with um, your current series and uh, the, your new writing and uh, the legal stuff. And uh, we'll definitely uh, look forward to having you on again sometime. All right. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Jay. Jay Willis. Yeah. I think that was a fun little interview. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it made me realize um, how much I miss doing this. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, I've been trying to find ways to, like, fill my time with stuff that I like to do. Like, uh, my partner and I are going to start streaming soon. So, because I don't get enough time to play video games anymore. So yeah. I stream myself playing video games, and I was like, "This is what I do with my podcast. I just want an excuse to talk to my friends." So we're gonna record. Like it, it almost makes me feel like like we that we have such a I have such a backlog of of people that are dying yeah. to be on the show. It almost makes me wonder if we should do um, uh, a couple nights a week. Um, Man, I don't know. Like that's the problem though. It's like doing the podcast means it's work, so I can justify doing it instead of writing. You know. But, right. Yeah, how's that I mean, going? How's that going, by the way? Uh, I, I, good. I I've hit. So I'm working on Orcs to the Southern Front right now. I've finished basically all of the Mickey scenes in that book. Uh, the problem is, the farther I get in the book, the more I realize what I have to add. So Arthur's segment of the book is going to be a lot bigger than I originally expected. And I've just started writing his portion of the book now. So. So could this potentially be bigger than Gods of the Broken Sea? No, it'll still be, I think, around the same, maybe a little shorter than Gods of the Broken Sea. It's just I I was I'm sure you remember, like the last couple of years have been bad for me writing wise. I still remember. getting back in the swing of it. But I feel like I'm finally at the place I want to be with like numbers and word counts and stuff. Hey. But I'm really excited for this one. It's not it's turned into something different than I originally expected. But I'm like I'm at the point where I'm enjoying writing it again. So that's awesome. Hey, there's nobody that understands baby steps more than I yeah. do these days. So, um, and this was good. I'm glad that uh, um, Jay was a good guest to start it off. Yeah, no, that was good. We have so we have um, there's a a, a poet um, who actually I met her uh, and she became a, a client. But um, I met her because I was looking for for new podcasts and. She had interviewed um, George Norman Lippert, who is the writer of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest Harry Potter fan fiction oh, uh, related. So it was okay, the, James, yeah. the James Potter series. James Potter. I've seen them. Yeah, they're huge. They're, each one is like 600, 700 pages, and um, they're all available on his website. He's got a beautiful website. You can download 
different versions of all the books and stuff like that. I've read uh, one of them and it was actually really well written and very true to the, like it feels very much like an official sequel, um, um, which is very strange. And he, uh, so she interviewed him because she was, uh, she's a huge Harry Potter fan and became a a huge fan of his series. And um, so she was supposed to, uh, she wasn't feeling great. She was actually supposed to be on the show this week. Okay. And I think Jay was Jay was supposed to be the following week in, in the pecking order, and and uh, she messaged me saying that she wants to do it. Next, it needs to do it next week because she's okay. um, dealing with something. So, yeah, uh, and her name is Sarah Jessica Curry. Um, so she, I have a feeling she's a lot of fun, um, and she's going to be a great guest too. Cool person, and she's she'll be a really fun guest as well. Awesome. Okay. And she does yeah, this thing. She does this thing where you can give her like any word and she'll turn it into a poem in like five seconds. Okay. So I definitely nah, I'll, I'll love her. poets. That'll be fun. I want to get her like riffing on some like really like fucked up ones. <laughs> All right. Because I think that'll be fun. Like right, I'll, um, I'll try to find some like weird words before next week then. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but otherwise, um, I got nothing. Yeah, me either. I think uh I think I'm I'm done. Have a good Until night, everyone. Time. Yeah, go read a book. Mm-hmm.